0: Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. Wa To build a house, first you need to build a foundation. A foundation is what holds the house in place and what holds the house up without an appropriate foundation the house can't stand people who want to advance spiritually need to have a solid foundation in morality and behavior all of the religions come with a moral code come with rules and regulations as to how to behave, tell you what is and is not permissible. To advance into the higher levels of truth and wisdom You have to have a history of doing the right thing. You have to have a history of behavior that is appropriate. You have to have a history of morality inside of your being. This is the jumping off point towards higher states of consciousness. Lower states of consciousness don't have morality in the way that man has morality. Things are allowed for animals that aren't allowed for men. If a lion is hungry, it goes, hunts, and kills its prey. If a man is hungry, there are rules and regulations as to how he can go about obtaining his food. He can't just take food as he sees it and claim it for himself. To claim higher consciousness To put put ourselves in an elevated position of consciousness, we have to have an underpinning entrenched in the Shariat. The Shariat is the first level of understanding in the Islamic faith. And when you enter into Sufism, you have Shariat. Tarikat, Hakikat, and Marifat. Even in the explanation, there are levels. And in order to go to the next level, you have to conquer the previous level. You can't go from someone who has a total disregard for behavior and go into higher levels of consciousness. It's not possible. Of course, everything is possible with Allah's grace. But in general, it's not possible. We are expected to do a certain amount of work to advance. It's a well-known maxim that Allah loves effort. And our effort to get to Him is learning how to be appropriate to man, And through learning how to be appropriate to our fellow man, we then learn how to be appropriate to Allah. You can't be appropriate to Allah without also being appropriate to your fellow man. You can't abuse, steal, and then go and pray and expect that your prayer is accepted. It doesn't work like that for your prayer to be accepted you must be acceptable you have to have reached a place within the hierarchy of things wherein you've learned how to behave with your fellow man it's also said that those who are not close to their fellow man cannot be close to God. Those who don't love their fellow man will not be able to understand how to become close to God. And those who are separated from their fellow man will also be separated from God. So if we wish to begin to form a relationship with our Lord, if we wish to know our Lord, if we wish to know ourselves, we also then have to make an inquiry into knowing our fellow man and into treating our fellow man appropriately. Why? Because Allah created all of us. And there is a sameness in all of us. Whether we recognize it or not, this sameness exists. And if we refuse to recognize this sameness within all of mankind, then we refuse to acknowledge a portion of our Creator's Creation. We refuse to acknowledge that he created all of mankind. We, we, we then put into the equation man-made ideas and man-made differences. All men start out the same. Man, because of his egocentric nature, wishes to differentiate people so that he can somehow be at the top of the heap of humanity, that he is somehow differentiated. To make it to elevated levels of consciousness we have to be able to stop this differentiation. We have to be able to see ourselves in others. We have to be able to see ourselves in the rest of humanity. And it doesn't matter the religion, the race, the skin color, the language, whatever may be person's makeup, they're still the same. The only differences that we have between us, and there are differences, are the differences of the choices that we make in our life. If someone chooses to abandon the Shariat, if someone chooses to abandon morality, then they've chosen to make themselves different This isn't God's doing, this is man's doing. So we have to understand that there are those who put themselves outside of Allah's embrace, of God's embrace, but not because Allah placed them there, because they placed themselves there. Now, for everyone, there is always the chance of redemption. And that redemption comes from choosing to be redeemed. That's an act of choice. Man must make the act of choice to atone for what it is he's done wrong and then enter into a consciousness that does not repeat those mistakes. Atonement is a two-part situation. One, recognition of what it is we do wrong. Two, finding out what's right, and simultaneously, when we know what's right, not doing what's wrong again. Once, when one of my children was about five years old, I was scolding him for something. And he said, Daddy, this is your fault. And I said, Why? And he said, I'm five years old. I didn't know any better, and you didn't tell me. Well, there was a lesson there for me. And the lesson was that don't judge a situation until you understand the situation. And there's so many situations that we're incapable of understanding. Mm -hmm. So, bottom line, we're better off not judging, but explaining. Mm -hmm. And if we can enter into explaining, then we don't step outside of what's permissible for us. Judgment is left for Allah, not for us. The lesson that I learned is just because people are young doesn't mean you can't talk to them directly and tell them the truth directly. As a matter of fact, you should talk to them directly and tell them the truth directly. And from that time on, I treated my five-year-old son like an adult. And whether he understood or not, uh, I would find out later, but I didn't hold things back. And I didn't try to make up stories about things, so it would be easier for him to grasp. I just told it to him like it was. There's an important story about the Garden of Eden. Uh, the snake comes to Eve and says, uh, didn't, Eve, didn't Adam tell you uh, not to eat from the apple? And she says, yeah, he told me that. As a matter of fact, he even told me not to touch the tree. He said, really? So as they were walking together, the snake and Eve, the snake trips Eve, and she touches the tree. And she recoils back and begins to walk again. And she says uh, to the snake, uh... I touched the tree, nothing happened. He said, I noticed. He said, you touched the tree, nothing happened. So Adam told you not to touch the tree and nothing happened. Well, eat the fruit, find out. Nothing's gonna happen anyway. And this is the way people make mistakes with their children and even with adults. They try to be extra careful. So they, they add additional rules to the rules that don't make any sense or that are superfluous that are beyond the need and these can bring about dire consequences like in that so we have to learn in our interaction with people to give everybody the benefit of the doubt we have to tell everybody the best that we know without making up things so that they should be more careful. We should be more careful. We should always try to be an assist, not a hindrance. We should not assume that other people are going to do wrong things. We should assume they're going to do right things. Now if you're shown over time that that's not the case with certain people, and you will be shown that over time with certain people, the best thing to do is to break the relationship. You can't continue to bat your head against an impossible situation. And I've seen those situations also. There are people who can't be helped. Uh, There are people who don't want to be helped. There are people who are very happy in their anger, and in their animosity and they want to stay within their anger and their animosity we have to protect the love that we have within ourselves and we have to put ourselves in situations where that love can grow and pull ourselves out of situations where that love is squashed or where that love is betrayed, or where that love is hindered. So, we have to be very careful who our circle of friends are, who the people that we associate with are, because we have to be able to stay in a positive mode. If you're with negative people, their negativity will eventually rub off on you and you will become negative. Psychiatrists and psychologists have to be very careful when they are doing their analysis with their patients because while they're going through that analysis the difficulties that their patients are having and the warped way of thinking that their patients have can rub off on them and they can catch those diseases so we have to be very careful who we allow ourselves to come close to and who we allow ourselves to be friends with now this doesn't mean um, that we should battle with people it just means we should learn how to leave certain people to their own devices and not be involved with them have to protect ourselves. As we become more and more uh, strong in our uh, faith and in our being, we can take on more and more situations. Uh, There's a situation one time that my teacher was in, and he was asked by a person Uh, Can you tell me about myself? Mm -hmm. And he said, yes, I could. But if I did, I'd have to spend the rest of my life protecting myself from you. Mm -hmm. Now, imagine a teacher of Baal Muhayyadine's qualities, learning and knowing that there are certain people you just can't get involved in too too deeply because it's going to turn to difficulty. As we walk through this life, we will encounter many, many different situations. And depending on the foundation that we've built for ourselves, this is how we're going to react to those things. When people build houses in certain countries, they have to make them earthquake-proof, because when they shake the foundations, they'll go down, or they have to make hurricane-proof so that when the winds come, they don't knock them down. Well, all of the natural disasters that are created outside of us, by way of nature, are also created inside of us by way of our interactions with people. We run into people who create hurricanes. We run into people who create earthquakes. And are we powerful enough to withstand that? And even if we are, do we need to be in that spot? Unlike a house that's moored in its foundation, we can move with our foundation and we can go to another place And sometimes that's the answer. We don't need our foundation shaken constantly. And one way is to move ourselves and our foundation to another location. And we have to learn how to do that. We have to learn how to put ourselves in safe situations. This all begins in the home. The home should be a sanctuary, and we have to provide that sanctuary for everybody we live with, and everybody we live with has to be conscious that they have to provide that sanctuary for us. Um, I've been married, I think, 46 or 47 years. and. Sometimes people will ask my wife, how did you two stay together for so long? And her stock answer is nobody left. And it's true. Nobody did leave. But something else was going on also. Uh, Nobody drew blood. Nobody got to the point where when there were disagreements, they let them go too far. And that's another thing that we have to know that with the ones we're close to, and even with the ones that we're not close to, there are rules and regulations about disagreements. And these disagreements can't go too far. Sometimes it's best just to walk away and take a bath uh, than to continue with these kinds of disagreements. We need to know when to stop. There's so much to learn in this world. There's so much to do, there's so much pain that we have to be able to absorb and continue moving forward. Nobody is free of difficulty. Job, who had everything taken away from him, his children, his land, his wealth, said, and his health said. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. All praise is to the Lord. We need to create a space inside of ourselves that is alone with our God and is not influenced by everything that's around us. And this happens when we have a strong foundation. This happens when we know the difference between right and wrong. This happens when these things fall into place. Then we can fall into place with Allah. And this is why we looked for a teacher. This is why we sat in front of a teacher, so that we could learn how to know ourselves and know our Lord. So if the most important things in our life are to know ourselves and to know our Lord, then we should understand that everything else is less important. Less important to the point that we don't pay a lot of attention to it. Less important to the point where we don't give it priority. If we have a list of 83 things that are very, very important to us, we're not going to have time for God. We're not going to have time for our relationship with God. So our priorities have to be whittled down. When you're young, you have hundreds of priorities. As you get older, you whittle them down and whittle them down and whittle them down until There are very few priorities. Um, For some wise men in India, uh, they whittle their priorities down to a loincloth. They give away everything that they have. They give away all their needs. You see, in giving away things, there's two levels. There's the physical level, the elemental level of giving away things, but then there's also the non-elemental level of giving away things. There's what you hold on to in your mind. You can hold on to the entire world in your mind, yet it doesn't weigh an ounce, but it weighs on you in the same way the world would weigh on you if the world was dropped on your back. So It's not enough to give up your worldly possessions. You have to give up your intention for possession. You have to give up your internal needs for possession. You have to become free. Everything that you hold on to is a chain that ties you down to the world. Every desire that you have is a chain that ties you down to the world and if you want to release yourselves from these chains not only do you need to be able to give up the things that you have but you have to give up the thought of these things as a matter of fact it's actually most important to give up the mental attachments than it is to give up the physical attachments The physical attachments can be wiped away from you in an instant. The mental attachments you might hold on for years even though everything else is taken away from you. So we have to understand the subtlety of the different levels of being. And if we are looking to cleave to Allah, to hold on to God, then we have to give up our mental attachments everything other than God and when that happens the possibility of holding on to Allah becomes real and becomes something that we can in fact do so our prayers should be not to gain things in this world but to give up the attachment to things in this world. Oh Allah, take away from me the mental attachments that I have to all of your creation because in truth what I need is you and I want the truth in me to want the truth in you. This is where I want to go. This is what I want to be. This is reality. And I want to give up the illusory nature of the desire that I have for the world and replace it with the truth of you. This has to become our goal. This has to become our intention. This has to become our prayer. And as we become more and more true human beings... We can come closer to that prayer because as we become true human beings, our attachments to the ways of the world, to the desires of the world, to our interaction with the world grows less and less and less. May we be released from all of those attachments. May we give up our need to acquire the world. There were uh, two bullfrogs And uh, they were in competition over a female. And they looked at each other. And they attacked. And one of them opened up its mouth and tried to swallow the other bullfrog. And the other bullfrog tried to expand to blow up the bullfrog who was trying to swallow him. And it finally got to the point where they both exploded. We can't eat the world. And we can't blow up the world without blowing up ourselves. It's too impossible a task to accomplish. Even though the world is a tiny speck compared to the truth, if we imagine it to be real, It becomes incredibly huge for us. So we have to imagine it as small. We have to imagine it as unimportant. We have to imagine it as something we can give up. And then we have to do the work of escaping from our mental attachments to the world. May it be so for each of us. May our reliance on the world Diminish, may our reliance on Allah increase, and may we truly understand that Allah is one and is all we need. Ameen. Ameen. As-salamu <laughs> alaykum. Ar-rahmatullah wa